Hey everyone, this is Wendell Cohen on episode 5. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. My personal recommendations are Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or another one called Podbean if you're using an Android device. Of course, you can always listen by going to topagservices.com and clicking Top Podcast from the top of the webpage. Today's Agronomy Moment features a guest on our broadcast, Chase Scotton with Risk Solutions. And later on, we bring on another guest, Bex agronomist Scott Dickey. Scott has been on here on several occasions and will update us today on some agronomy topics as well as some conditions that we are seeing out in the field and also our research plot and some of the interesting things that we are seeing in our simulated studies there. But for now, we'll turn to our first guest, Chase Scotton with Risk Solutions. He is a local crop insurance provider. Chase has been in this business since 2008 and has also provided our farm with his services. I'm very happy to have Chase on today as I've had some questions on how to better protect myself from adverse weather we've been having. And with that, we'll bring on Chase Scotton with Risk Solutions. Chase, how are you? Great. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Chase. I've been, I guess, wondering, we've been having some interesting weather, cold and wet, and it seems like it's been the story for the last year, right? Like it's it's just yeah. continuing so far, and our planting season has had its share of things. And just wondering, what what can we do to protect ourselves from weather? We've already, March 15 was a deadline of some sort, right? It's like another type of a deadline. Yeah, so March 15th is when you generally sign up for your multi-parallel policy or make any changes that, you know, would go would go with that. So that date has already passed, and now we're kind of, you know, on an in-season mode where where we would, you know, do some changes, you know, further into the year for for in-season for in-season crops. So, like, if we were wanting to protect against, like, you know, weather day north of here in Butler, we had some hail and wind, and I thought, boy, what if this that wind had come, you know, when corn was, you know, up at there about head shoulder high. Mm-hmm. That'd have been a bad deal. So, what would what can we do far as um, options we have in regards to hail, wind, snap, and things like that? Yeah, you're exactly right. With how active we've seen some of these storms um, this year already, uh, we're getting a lot of calls on on crop hail and those endorsements that that go with that. Um, so, generally in our area, um, we're selling. Um, a lot of, of hail for, for wheat right now. Wheat is obviously coming out of the boot and um, heading right now, and it's at its most vulnerable uh, point. So we, we are, um, you know, looking to protect that. And then also we're getting some questions on um, corn and beans as well as far as what can a farmer do to protect um, against um, either hail or a windstorm. So, so um, let's say that... Um you know, we have a forecast or something and we're getting worried or concerned, like how late can we apply some of these products or do we do we have another deadline that we've got to be against? Or So these insurance companies are generally pretty accommodating to the farmer as far as when they can sign up before a storm. So um, in our case, it's usually about a couple hours before a storm where we can make contact and now we don't even necessarily need to have a signature. We can uh, bind that over the phone and then get that signature 
later. Um, sure. okay. Many times we still like to try to get that signature on ink before that storm hits. But uh, like I said, they've been really accommodating. As far as how far we can do that um, for these spring crops, generally, generally corn and beans, um, for corn, we can do that up until June 15th if we want to add something like a, a wind endorsement onto our, our corn crop. And that's something that we get a lot of interest in okay. is, is uh, you know, adding a wind endorsement onto that crop hail policy for corn. And the wind endorsement would be even for like harvest time winds, or is it just for? Yes. So you can actually you can actually choose how long that wind endorsement will carry. Usually, it'll carry either from a choice of October first or to November first. Okay. And so um, June fifteenth allows a guy to um, assess, you know, how you know the crop that they have, or make a judgment call on the crop they have, um, and. You know, as far as stock strength as well, or what you know, what what risks sure. you have out there. Gotcha. Well, that's interesting to know because um, I know last year there was that we definitely pay, um, had the green snap on mm -hmm. our farm, and definitely it paid out on that. Mm -hmm. For for just a typical crop hail policy, we can sometimes go further into the season. Like um, one thing we recommend for for soybeans is um, if we think we have a big soybean crop out there and we've got some you know fall storms coming in or later summer sure. storms coming in we can always add that later in the year but it's just that uh, it's just that wind endorsement or we also sell an extra harvest endorsement that um, you know if you have a field blown over and it sure. takes you more time to harvest that yep. there you know there could be a payment there but both of those um, June are June 15th okay mm -hmm. What about replant? I know that there is some in this area, mm -hmm. and again, we're facing some areas, and, and they're more isolated than they've been, but yet they're still there. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on replant and different steps if you think you might be going into a situation like that? Mm -hmm. I know we're talking about um, you know things we can do in season, but I do want to take uh, a step back and just mention that we sell a lot of a... Of a um, policy called replant extra mm -hmm. and so that might be something that a producer producer will want to think about for next year where where um, a farmer can get paid on top of that payment from multi-parallel generally sure. you know for corn you can get paid up to sixty dollars an acre or, or for beans you can pay, get paid up to fifty dollars an acre additional on, additional on top of yep. the roughly thirty you would get from your multi-parallel um, you know, years like this, it seems like in southwest Missouri, southeast Kansas, we have, you know, more replant than other areas, and it always seems to be uh, a good deal for, for our farmers. So Yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully our area, we kind of push on those statistics a little bit, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. Yeah. I think we do. Right. Um, but, uh, again, it looks like we're going to have a good amount of replant this year, and um, I don't know, I... I uh, I think it's going to be a challenge, you know, getting that, that corn crop up, or it has been a challenge getting that corn crop yep. up. Yeah. So um, moving on a little bit, let's say that there's some, we're getting late too, you know, as far mm -hmm. as corn concerns. At least, you know, we can be getting late. I, sometimes it depends on the weather, mm -hmm. obviously what the end result is. But um, let's say we decide to switch and we end up failing corn, mm -hmm. or maybe we haven't planted anything and prevent plant, is that an option? Or mm -hmm. what's the differences here? Let's, I was just curious on our different options as we go forward. Sure. 
So, you know, the guideline is, is that we, as you as a farmer, are required to try to replant that corn crop up until the mm -hmm. beginning of okay. your late plant period. And that would be? So for Vernon County, that would be May 25th. Now, we have some of the southeast Kansas counties and even further counties south of us that are a May 15th plant date. Okay, so sure. So, but for Vernon County, um, you're, you're required to try to replant up until the 25th. And if a farmer does want to destroy that corn crop, you know, he's yes. tried to replant it, he can't get in the field. Yes. They want you to wait for 10 days after that beginning of the late plant period. So that would put you out to June 5th where you could say, okay, I'm done trying to replant this corn crop. I want to fail it, yes. and I want to go to another crop. You know, typically yes. like soybeans. Okay, and then you, and then and soybeans, you would have the option. You could ensure that with multiparial, or you could just say, I'm just going to be on my own here and just take the corn. Yes, and it's um, it's the producer's choice on how they would want to do that, and and they would want to talk with their agent um, about. Uh, how it best serves them sure. to, if they would like to take, you know, that corn money up front. If you did that, you would not ensure those beans following. Yep. Or if you think there is, you know, a reason that you would need to have insurance on those beans later on, you know, sure. later on in the season. So what happens to the, on this, I keep thinking about that failed corn situation and what happens to the APH? Because that's always a concern because you know, what What happens to our APH on a prevent plant versus mm -hmm. the failed corn situation? Are mm -hmm. we really negatively affecting that? Sure. So kind of going back to that destroyed, um, that destroyed corn crop situation. Um, yes, if, if a person, you know, does destroy that corn crop, it does have an, an APH associate, a hit associated with it. And there are some things that we suggest um, that a farmer would want to look at when he's making that decision. So um, okay. usually a farmer is going to have an adjuster come out and put an appraisal on that on that corn crop, yes. and that's generally a low appraisal because sure. you know the corn stand isn't there or it hasn't come up. Um, with that, there is a plug that most policies have on it called a yield adjustment, which is a YA plug. Yes. So instead of getting just a zero on that farm or a one bushel yield on that farm or yes. whatever the, the appraisal is, um, generally that will be 60% of the county average plugged in for that year on that farm. Okay, I see. So for like Vernon County, um, we've got a 113 county average. Yep. And that would be a 68 bushel yield. So you're not get you're not have, coming along with an APH of 150, 130, whatever you're at, and all of a sudden you got a zero. Right. That hits you really hard. Yes, and and that kind of brings me to my next point of uh, we we like farmers to consider what farms they're doing this on and how it affects them in the future. Okay. Um, a lot of times. You know, we would like to see a destroyed crop on a farm that has a deep history and hopefully a good APH so yes. that farm can take that APH hit better than, you know, let's say Wendell was the just farming and yes. he just got four years of the county average, you know, and he destroys that crop the first year. 
the APH hit is going to affect you much more than, you know, another farmer who has 10 years of deep history on a farm that has, you know, a really good yield on it. Yeah, so then then that deep history absorbs that. Yes, that deep history that can year. help you absorb that loss and you don't necessarily see that APH hit nearly as much as you do on a farm that where you're just starting out and you're yes. working off the county county T yield. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. A little bit more about the prevent plant then. What how does that work out? Um, mm -hmm. How does that differ? You said 60%. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, going into prevent plant, uh, again, a farmer for corn is asked to try to plant that corn crop up until the beginning of our, you know, late plant period. May 25 for Vernon. May 25th for Vernon. And then for yes. like some of these other counties like Barton County or Bourbon County where we're going to be hitting that May 15th date. Mm -hmm. Here pretty quick, Bourbon County, Kansas. Yes, but um, again, they want you to try to try to plant up until then. But after that, um, you are not required to try to plant anymore, and you can file for prevent plant. Okay. So, um, and that will pay you fifty-five percent of your guarantee if the ground is left completely blank for the year. And there is no APH hit associated with that yes. at all. So, you know, and we've had it in the past where, you know, um, farmers with a, a good yield um, will will just leave that leave that ground blank and take, you know, their their full payment yes. per acre. Yes. But um, around here, it seems like most farmers will want to take that ground to another crop. Yes. And um, then that would pay you. 35% of that 55% payment. Yes. So, and and we do have that luxury that others don't probably here with our long growing season. We can plant for an exceptionally long time compared to the I states. For Ab example. Absolutely. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, I don't think anybody goes out looking to, you know, prevent plant ground, but yes. where we're at gives a farmer an opportunity to, you know, take that prevent plant payment which you know, yep. like based on our based on our county average, you know, and let's say you had seventy five percent revenue coverage, um, you're talking about hundred and eighty dollars an acre if you would leave leave that blank. Sure. You know, and then they'll take their premium off of that, and then um, if we rolled to another crop, we're talking about you know sixty dollars an acre, and then you can still you plant, can plant those plant those soybeans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or whatever. So. Here. Your second crop. So, mm -hmm. if if you do choose to prevent plant, they want you to wait until the very end of that late plant period for corn until you can go to another crop. So that's generally around here. That's June fifteenth for Vernon County. June fifteenth for mm -hmm. Vernon. Mm -hmm. So just something to keep in mind. You know, we don't. You know, we always want to look out for a farmer itching to get in the field and, and right. jumping the gun. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah, and I and I feel like that. As a rule, we all want to farm. We want to get it in the ground. We're wanting to go, but sometimes there is that field that just didn't dry out. There, I know there's some cases where it's just staying wet and mm -hmm. it just has not had that opportunity. And sometimes you have to look at it from a business standpoint, profitability standpoint, on what's best for this year, this time, in that field. Especially, versus, you know, I just want to farm. Obviously, especially now since margins are so tight, I think um, you know that's. 
what our goal is, you know, at at risk is to try to um, help the farmer any way we can and um, give them the tools that they need to sure. to succeed. For sure. But um, kind of continuing on 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 that uh, point. Yep. Um, Prevent Plant has its own APH hit associated with it if we were to go to another crop instead of leaving oh, the see. ground blank. Um, so would that be similar to the fail? Close, but not not exactly the same. Um, for Prevent Plant, they are going to give you 60% of your approved yield for that initial crop um, in that in 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 that year. So yes. for for 2020, let's say. Wendell files prevent plant on a corn crop for a farm and then goes to beans, you know, June 15th. Um, let's say you had 150 bushel approved yield. They're going to give you 60% of that, so they're going to put a 90 bushel yield in for that year. Okay. I so, see. so generally the prevent plant hit isn't as bad as the destroyed corn hit because you're getting an approved yield. Yes. Hit. And and again, we're wanting to do that on farms with, you know, a good approved yield where where the the APH hit isn't going to be as drastic. Gotcha. I see. Yeah, that's interesting to know. I know there's it always amazes me there's quite a few moving parts to, oh. to the crop insurance subject when we've got more than one entity involved, you know. Absolutely. With agricultural Insurance. A absolutely. And and another thing is, um, you know, farmers are really going to want to check their eligibility before making those prevent plant decisions because it's, you know, prevent plant eligibility is based off of the last the, the last four years you farmed and the highest amount of that crop that you have planted in the okay. last four years. For so, sure. so make sure you're checking with your agent on um, your eligibility as well. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good information today, Chase. I really appreciate you being involved. Is there any closing statements or any things you want to follow up with? I just wanted to say thanks for having me. And, um, you know, uh, anybody listening to this can feel free to, to reach out to us. Um, we're at 215 West Walnut in Nevada. And feel free to call me at 417-448-4736. For sure, Chase. Thank you very much for joining us. And we'll catch you in the future, hopefully. Thanks. That was Chase Scotton with Risk Solutions. Feel free to reach out to him with any of your questions for your own operation. So now moving on to, uh, we also have our agronomist, Scott Dickey, joining on this broadcast here this morning and just wanted to discuss some of the conditions we're seeing in the field right now. And one of the things that I had been wondering about is the is the pests we've been seeing, like especially the black cutworm. You know, I know this is a time of year for it, but what are you seeing, Scott, or hearing about? Yeah, you know, Wendell, I've been walking a lot of fields lately, and I've seen a couple fields where I thought maybe I saw a couple suspect plants that looked like they'd been cut by cutworm, but I was unable to find the worms. They can be challenging sure. to find, but uh, in general, I'm seeing very low pressure this year from black cutworm. I know there have been a few comments, people seeing them, but I just have not. Sure. Yeah, like I... Like I seen a couple weeks ago here coming in the warehouse, there was that black cutworm. It was crawling in the door, literally. But I went out to the field, and I wasn't able to see it actually out there damaging plants. But sure. I, what about, you know, like if people are going out and spraying herbicide, I guess, or should they just throw some insecticide in? Or? Yeah, I mean, if, if there's, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's concern of black cutworm in yeah. area fields and guys want to add the uh, cheaper pyrethroids into the mix, that's sure a good insurance policy sure. against having issues from black cutworm. Sure. And it helps ensure that you 
taken care of it, and now you don't have to worry about it. And because yep. it could, I guess it could still happen, right? Like they oh, could sure. still come in in a week or so. For sure. Yep. Yeah. The corn is definitely small enough that it's very susceptible to black cutworm feeding. Sure. Also, I was wondering, talking about you know the different adversities. I was thinking of the corn now in this cold weather. Um, it's been wet a little bit for sure, and. What expectations in growth and color? I know I drive by on the road on drive by on the road, and if I haven't really been marking that field, it just looks like it's just sitting there. You know, are the plants just sitting, or what's going on? Yeah, you know, we've had a couple of days here where we're going to have zero GDU accumulation, so growth is very slow. I mean, it is noticeable for me when I'm at a location at about a week's difference time. I can tell they've developed more. Uh, where I run into issues is with the situations where growers are seeing a field every day and they're not able to detect that growth because they're yes. seeing it so regularly and um, but it, that's due to it being very slow and cold right now and um, yes. i think the main thing to think about is if you have a stand be patient give it time to gotcha. warm up and let it take off because if the stands there we're in pretty good shape right now yeah because that's kind of where i'm at i drive by i don't see the incremental change and and it you know it, it is growing it's just a little bit slower right and tend to be made the nodes are definitely going to be stacking tighter yes, right sir. now they will be so, and that would be important probably as we go on later, even as thought of that now, you know, as we go on later is making sure we're staging the corn properly for some of those herbicide applications yep. later on, because like last year, I was a little bit fooled yep. by some of the height of the corn versus actually how old the corn was. Yeah. We'll have to make sure we're cutting stalks and we get a little bit bigger to yep. make sure we're properly identifying the growth stages. And that'll be interesting. I think that'll be something to do here later on is to dig some up later on and, yep. and be able to growth stage them properly. So, and what about... Um, soybeans like um that were planted before all this cold weather are they are they struggling or same story to me you know they're not growing very well but they're there and as long as the stand is adequate for what a guy is hoping for then we should be in decent shape just waiting for the heat to come back and get them growing again for sure because i've seen yesterday some of the soybeans we had planted were just starting to neck like you they're just up there coming through and it's been where has it been i can't remember now over a week probably yeah and does that make sense that they're still working on coming up? Oh, yeah. We planted them fairly. For sure. We planted them at the Beck's depth, yeah. <laughs> and we're, it's kind of scary. No, they'll, they'll, they should be fine as long as we warm up here soon. Yeah. You know, one thing's to watch when we have cool, wet periods is occasionally you'll see a little bit more herbicide injury on occasion from okay. when the beans are just arching out of the ground and they're sitting there in that herbicide zone. Sure. So that'll be things we'll get into probably here in the next week or two. But I don't, I haven't seen any major issues yet. But it's something we'll have to watch. Gotcha. That's good. Good to know, and uh, I don't think a lot in our area really has been planted right. In our area, soybeans are pretty minimal planting. No there's some. <laughs> there's a ways to go. Yep. Corn, though, mostly yeah. probably got a lot. Of, a lot of people got it in the ground, and yep. pretty much getting to the tail end of the planting sure. on corn. So, um, also on this research plot, you were out there looking around, and we've got quite a few things going on. What are some of your observations? You know, we've got the hail, um, the simulated hail research that we're doing and the um, depth study mm -hmm. as well as a closing wheel starting with the hail what are you seeing out there what's been going on well it's interesting you know we tried to simulate damaging the plants to where the top growth that was available when the storm if you want to call it a storm yes. happened uh, we tried to lay that over the uh remaining part of the plant to try to show that sometimes having extra plant material on top of a wounded plant delays that recovery yes. and then another section of the demo we sheared the plants off uh, smoothly uh, yes. at the soil line. I was expecting possibly to see those have a little more growth than the ones that were more shredded. But when I look at the plot, it's interesting. The ones that were shredded are actually a little larger. Uh, we probably did a little less damage to those plants. Uh, yes. But in all cases, we're seeing very rapid regrowth of the uh, 
uh, plants that weren't severely damaged at the growing point. Because uh, yes. we also had a section where we took a shovel handle, pushed it into the ground to try to simulate a large hailstone penetrating the soil and bruising the growing point. Yes. And in most cases, those plants are not recovering. They're not taking that. If you had a 200-some-odd-pound hailstone hitting you, they might not recover as well. I was leaning on them pretty hard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, Well, and then for reference sake, the, the, the date of this simulated hailstorm was like a day or so after that one had occurred at Butler, right? Sure. Like that yep. happened on a Monday morning, yep. I think the real storm, and then we were out here, was it Tuesday? Tuesday morning. Yep, yep, we were the day after the yep. hailstorm. So it'd be interesting to go back and look at some of the hailed-off fields. They probably yep. are showing a little better recovery than what we're even seeing here since they had an extra day. For sure. For recovery, so... So it's very interesting. And then hopefully here as we go forward, maybe another week or so, get a little more growth and then maybe simulate another level on a new patch of corn that has never been touched right. to see its response as it's gotten older. It, it, would, it would be very interesting to also come back and damage the plants that were damaged this first time to gotcha. show that the uh, successive injury situations can end up leading to loss. Yes. Um, then also hailing off some V5 plants that are uh, where the growing point of the plants are at the soil line uh, to demonstrate oh, that yeah. it's possible to s cause more injury to that growing point as the growing point approaches or it comes out yes. of the soil line. Gotcha. So it would be very interesting to try some of this. What about on our um, depth? What are you observing in our, we had, we planted basically at quarter inch deep. We planted at one inch, two and three inches. Yep. And what's kind of your observations now? Well, it's interesting, you know, in, Sometimes if conditions are favorable, you can have very, very nice stands at three-inch planting depths because you mm -hmm. stabilize temperature, you stabilize moisture in that seed zone, and the plants just emerge nicely. Yes. With the weather we had this year, three inches appears to have been a little too deep, and we lost stand in some of the harsher conditions yes. that we experienced after planting. Two inches looks very nice. We have a very nice stand at two-inch planting depths. The one-inch depth also looks very nice. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see as that corn gets about knee-high if we have an adequate root mass developed, because that's the main fear with a one inch planting depth is we're not establishing our nodal root mass deeply sure. enough into the soil and we could have floppy corn syndrome situations. So right now the two inches still appears to be the sweet spot because we got yes. the best stand and we should have a very nice root mass developing under those plants as well. And our quarter inch is, is, a, is a lot. It's a yeah, loss. It's gone. <laughs> it <did not laughs> between between what it, whatever it was, cold weather affecting it and birds or Varmints, yep. I don't know. High but variance it, in temperature, you know, yes. temperature swings yep. from night to day and cool days to warm days, just causing issues. Some that. of the seeds were missing, we noticed, and some were there, but we're hardly doing much. And, right. And so we ended up with a very, obviously, that's not a good plan. Yep. Mud balls up on the gauge wheels, you must stop and <laughs> clean yep. them off. So, um, finally... Anything else we're seeing in our area, Scott, before I let you go today? You know, there's not a lot really going on right now. The main thing is people watching this, these stands, making sure the stands are established well. And I think that would be the key because we're, you know, right now we're in a situation where replanted corn makes a lot of sense. Yes. But here in the next week to 10 days, we'll start approaching a time frame where we have to look hard at the charts. Yes. And compare that to the stands we have to try to make the best determination on what's the right path to take. Um, I think, again, the bottom line is to be patient. If you have a stand, just be patient. Uh, yes. Soon we'll be to that V5, V6, V7 corn. Nodal root development will be very strong, and you'll see the corn hit rapid growth stage. And it'll be July, and the corn yes. will be shoulder high. Yes. So I think patience is the key right now, waiting on some warmth. And, and hopefully the weather people are right. Sounds like we might get a good shot of that next week and yep. on into the end of May. So thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. That concludes our podcast today. We want to give a special thanks to our guests, Chase Scotton and Scott Dickey, for their appearance on this show and contributing to this podcast. You can find additional documents and pictures of what we talked about in the show notes or by reaching out to me, Wendell Cohen. 
We hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and give us a five-star review. This really does help us. Find us on our website or on your favorite podcast listening app. It should be noted that all copyright content in this podcast have been acquired through special permissions and licensing from the proper artists and is protected by law. Therefore, distribution is limited to sharing the links to this podcast on all the broadcasting platforms that we are found. Feel free to reach out anytime with questions, feedback, or any concerns that you might have. This is a production of Top Ag Media. Wendell Cohen was the producer. Theme music was composed and performed by Chad Crouch. I am your show host, Wendell Cohen. Cheers to all of you. Until next time.